Well, hey there, Ben and Chip here for another episode of Charitable Discourse. And today on the podcast, we get into part two of the social justice conversation that we've been discussing and, and really this movement. You know, over the past year, we've, we've watched this movement really sweep across our nation, even our churches. But as a member of the body of Christ, I find myself asking, is social justice really biblical justice? There's certain elements of this movement that just don't sit right with me as a believer in knowing the Word of God. And that's really where we begin today's conversation. You know, and I hope that today's episode of Charitable Discourse challenges you, whether you disagree or not, and fosters a charitable discourse in your own circles. So let's get into it. All right, well, Chip, what's going on? Living the dream. Living the dream. We are out of this uh, recent cold spell. Have a few days of sunshine, so that's pretty nice. It is. I'm, I'm ready for spring. Yeah. I'm ready for baseball. You Get to me, this I'm time of the year. Baseball guy. So, yeah. Short so, thing here. Like, so I have two sons, right? Yeah. Um, my oldest played baseball all the way up to sixth grade. He's a good baseball player, but he just was telling me in sixth grade, Dad, I just don't love baseball. And he plays <laughs> football and basketball. And, and um, so I was kind of prepared. But it still breaks my heart a little bit. But he didn't. He didn't even want to play seventh grade baseball. So coming around now, I'm used to him, you know, getting ready for baseball season. But my youngest, Kobe, loves baseball. Hey, so there you go. I'm still getting a little bit of that. I love baseball. Uh, the spring, yeah. spring training, opening day, and I have at least one that's playing. Even well, if you both got, didn't play. I mean, here's it. I mean, for you, it's four kids. Three of them now have started to kind of have vested interest in things, and yeah. you know, your second's a a great swimmer. Yeah. So you really have four at least sports covered with between yeah. football and baseball and basketball and swimming. Yeah, we just got a lot of extracurricular so things. I, I do think that's an important uh, part of being a parent is helping them pursue their 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 interests mm-hmm. and then getting on board with that. And you know, I've tried to create an environment. I think you you'll be the same way. Obviously, you know, if your kids and if he's interested in horseback riding or she is, then you're going to try to do that with them. You know, so well, it's fun. Our kids are meant to achieve the things that we were never able to, right? <laughs> That's a whole episode, right? I mean, there's there's living whole, vicariously through our that's, children. There's whole studies on that, pushing them to our desires. <laughs> that's exactly right, man. We could talk a lot about oh, that, couldn't we? Man, I but that's we, not where I we're going. We today. No, we're not going anywhere near that today. No. We might wish we had by the yeah. time we finished. The yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, now today's a a little uh, a little different topic. It's a, more of maybe a continuation of what we've touched on in, in the last podcast. And really our heart is to con- continue to set the table maybe on yeah. some of the things that are going on in our culture. You know, because one of the one of the biggest things for me is there's, um, you know, some of, some of the things that have been going on, it, it feels, um, a lot of it like sounds right, but feel like something's off about it. Something feels a little off. That's that's a great way to put it. And it's and it's 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 taken a while to put my finger on it. Like why in my spirit don't I feel like this is just something's a little off? And so we're going to try to set the table with some of this stuff and then maybe uh get into more specifics as the months roll on. Yeah, and I think the goal of this podcast, right, 
is to create a forum where we're trying to have dialogue about how do we live the kingdom in our culture, in our personal lives, and then out of that in our culture. Mm-hmm. And there are some really emotionally charged, weighty conversations happening in our culture. There is a shifting of understandings. There's a shifting of identity. I mean, it is large. Mm-hmm. And as believers, how do we understand that? How do we navigate through that? How do we continue to be the light of Christ and um, not get caught up? Like we've talked about political, the -hmm. tribalism of the political scene that we just came through. How do we navigate that? And some of the conversations that we are going to want to be having here in, I'm sure, the next five, six, seven podcasts all intersect with that. Mm-hmm. And and so we're we're wanting to jump in, but for me it's kind of like uh used to coach basketball, varsity basketball. And those first couple practices, like you're just trying to set. You're you're trying to establish goals, mm-hmm. you're trying to set fundamentals, you're trying to just lay the groundwork, right? Right. And put out ground rules. And I feel like maybe today's podcast is a little bit like that. Um Mm-hmm. before we have some of the deeper conversations, I think that some things are misunderstood or it's just, it's foggy mm-hmm. about how we should understand the national conversations that are taking place. Yeah. Yeah. Two leading kind of thoughts for me, you know, you touched on, you know, being the light of Christ. And I was, you know, reminded by the words of, of Paul and maybe a few of his um, uh, letters to churches about uh, a you know, of course, Romans 12, a lot of people understand the idea of, you know, not being um, conformed to this world, but being transformed. Um, and, and again, um, you know, in his Colossians, you know, he, he talks about not being deceived by worldly teachings, by worldly things. And for me, it's, is the, is culture influencing the church or is church meant to influence culture? And I think at the, at the end of the day, I think that's where the divide comes, is are we allowing the Word of God to influence our minds that we might shape culture, or are we allowing current culture and political issues to shape and view how we see Scripture and how we see who God is? And for us, fully believe, excluding ourselves from the political piece, fully embracing the cultural element, though, of of our calling as as believers as of our you know the two of our calling as pastors is he absolutely you know Paul absolutely spoke to not only the church but cultural things going on um and so you know that's that's I feel like where our lane is at is to continue to to strive to not be allow ourselves to to conform to whatever ebbs and flows the world has and to fully be transformed by the word of God and live in that. And it's true. Culture sets the scene. Politics will follow culture, right? Right. I mean, the conversations we're having today about culture become policies that are later. So we don't care about the political scene. I I just don't think that the kingdom's very, very into that. Um, And don't get me wrong. I think we should be active citizens but to understand that the real battleground is culture. The Politics is, is really our secondary role. It's yeah, culture. Absolutely. Like you said. 
And I, I think what we're trying to get at is, man, the cultural conversations that are happening today around uh, primarily, I think, two things, maybe a third thing, um, the two things, uh, uh, race, right? Mm-hmm. And social justice. The third thing could be sexual identity. These are really weighty, charged conversations that are happening everywhere in our culture right now, right? Watched last summer, yeah. kind of came to a head again. It brews underneath. And so, obviously, as a Christian, I do care about things being equal, things being just, and people being valued. We're explicitly called to that. That's a kingdom value, ethic. That's the heart of who we are. But I think the pause that you're having, that I'm having, that a lot of people are having, is what role does the kingdom play in this national conversation? And that national conversation is built around this one word, woke. Yeah. Have you become woke, right? And so, like... Explain that for a minute. What, do you, what in your idea, what is it, what do, what do they say, what are they meaning when they say, are you woke? So it's this idea, it's, it's rooted in postmodern philosophy, right, where uh, truth is relative and ever-changing, and your truth is your truth, and my, church, my truth is my truth. And the problem with, with being, you know, woke is it's, it is, it's, it's ever-changing, it's nebulous. You can't really grab onto it. And even even speaking with people who are quote unquote woke, um, you know, I've tried to engage them before, and um, their definition of what that is and mine aren't the same. And and that in that in lies the problem of of what it means, you know, to be woke. It's this uh, this is a subjective and whimsical you know base desire. Um, it's it's just real. It's really based in what feelings and desires. And um, that inherently leads to a lot of issues, right? Well, it's going to be so self-defeating. There's no objective moorings to it. Right. This is going to be a mess. So play that to the end, and I don't think people have because so many of us have been, uh, and I, I wouldn't put us in that category, but so many who, have, who are self-avowed woke, they haven't taken... Um, this this ideology to its ending point. Where does it end? Where do you where do you end with this? And because they can't, they can't know. That's the very essence of this. You know, scripture. I mean, we Christ is our ideal. Period. Know who Christ is. Know who you're supposed to be. That doesn't change. No. Regardless of the Never cultural changes. things that are going to rise up and need to be addressed. How someone's feeling doesn't Absolutely. change. But to to, you're right. A lot of the way to address racism, injustice, sexual identity, all these things is built out of postmodern philosophies, mm-hmm. right? And other competing uh, ideas of thought that really have no objective moorings. And so this is going to be like riding a roller coaster that never ends. And you never get off of. 
Well, my concern with woke Christianity and how woke culture has infiltrated the church is that it really feeds on human tradition rather than Christ as being the, the content of its teaching. So in a lot of woke churches, you will see um, you know, sermons, just uh, topical, topically driven sermons, and then scripture to kind of help mold that. Sure. Maybe, and and not the totality of scripture driving the the content. Sure. I have a goal in mind. Right. This is what I what woke culture is telling me needs to happen. So now I'm going to go and get some scripture. Right. To try to support that. Right. And this I scripture's not leading, the yeah. words not leading. And really, you know, over the last 100 years or more, um, you know, human secularism, maybe over the last 100 years or so, um has really come to the forefront as the new religion, uh, you know, with its atheist, um, whether it's, um, you know, relativism. There's so many different things in human, human secularism. And, um, and so really this is, this is to me just a, a, a distorted view of Christianity kind of married into this human secularist a la carte of, how do I feel, and then what can I find that supports what I feel to help shape what I believe? Yeah. So even in the idea of woke is like uh, the the word is I'm awakened to something new, right? Yeah. And the whole thing is that everything that has done been done in the past has been totally wrong, and we need to change everything about the past because we now have this new light. We have this new way. This new thinking, this new construct. Revelation, right. right. New revelation. Yep. And so as a believer, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what do I need to, to think about this? And that's why I continue to believe that our identity is in the kingdom, not in society, culture, um, political parties. Mm-hmm. Because we believe we've been a part of something that has that has been unchanging. And so... I will never, never say that things that have been done in the past have always been right. Yeah. Right? I mean, look around. Governments, political parties, social systems have have made mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I have have lived in the middle of those things happening. And I'm not saying, hey, like... You're trying to call us to a whole new construct. Well, no, the old construct was perfect. You can't call us to something new. No. Like the fallen world and all its things, yeah. it, it, it does screw up. And the church should be always calling people yeah. to the kingdom. And, and even in the country in which we live, you know, our founding documents seek to provide a more perfect union. They never acknowledged that this was a perfect union. And so they they understood that. But it can only be done by a morally unjust people. You know, one of the other things about about wokeness is this idea of um, it's almost this Gnosticism or secret knowledge yeah. of like I have found this secret knowledge of and and it's up to you to find it. And um, listen, Christ is light and His word is clear, and that is what I hold on to. And it's been there for two thousand years now. Right, and there's a reason why we're still talking about it today. That's right. And so, so something for me to attach to something that's 
nebulous that's so that this gnosticism um is is not christ-like yeah so i do think that these issues matter to christians then that but that's in exactly and that's why we're talking about this race social injustice absolutely um we can't ignore this and we're not sitting here not doing anything about it we just believe that this is not the way to approach it that's the point of today's podcast i think for me is to our listeners um are you evaluating the voices in our culture calling us to not be racist and to have equality and justice because absolutely the kingdom believes. I mean, I would say again, the, the church of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of Jesus Christ was the first, they, they were woke. <laughs> they yeah. were the, I mean, if anything was woke, it was the kingdom of Jesus Yeah. in the middle of a first century world where he is saying, no, there is no Greek or Jew. There is no Sl- male or female. Free, yeah. There is no free or slave. We're all you one. are all one equal. The kingdom has absolutely always yeah. believed in equality. Yeah. Shame on the church at times for not trumpeting this message. Yeah. And I think that's why we get the animosity from people who have suffered injustice and racism mm-hmm. because we have not lent our support and voice to them at appropriate times. You're right. I'm going to, and listen, as a member of the church, I don't personally did never try to do that, but I will acknowledge that the church has not been perfect with that. Not and, been, and we ought to repent. Absolutely. But, there, but, but there's a difference there. And then how do we fix it, though, is the thing. Right. Do I then just say, okay, so whatever you're saying, this woke culture, then we messed up or it's messed up. And I'm not trying to say that the church in all places messed up like let's just call it straight what it is Mm -hmm. there's been places that have never never been good with injustice and racism Mm -hmm. there have been the 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 stream of the church that has always fought for the right things right but then there's been other places where it's not been it's been ignored it's been overlooked it's that would have been uncomfortable gotten people out of there and so they've they've turned a blind eye right. we need to call that straight the idea now is okay so these things are big issues in our culture we it needs there's some fixing that needs to take place uh does the church fall in line with the popular um teachings and philosophies of the world and we're saying please think through this very critically very critically. So about 10 years now, probably over the last 20 years, I think one of the one of the struggles of, of the church in America has been this seeker-sensitive model where we, we really try to be relative, whether it's with our stage lighting and cool music and whatever, or um, just, and, and I feel like the church has, you know, in that season was an inch deep and a mile wide. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was, it was enticing. Mm -hmm. And so people did it. And 
you know, one of the a clever a clever writer will will figure out a catchy title when you're surfing through the news. It's clickbait. Clickbait. Yeah, sure. Right. And I think a lot of the things that that woke culture is is trying to become is clickbait. Mm-hmm. It really feels just and right. And so you click on it and it makes you feel good to be part of the movement, to be, you know, to to repost things, but that's all you do. You repost things and you speak out, but then you don't do anything else. Right. Um or you can or you can do the hard work and continue to live like Christ, you know, speak out against injustice, but then actually live it and um and strive for biblical justice. That's it. That that's it. And again, also understanding what is the end game for woke culture? Yeah. What are they trying to achieve? We know what the kingdom is trying to achieve, right? That for us... But they can't know. I mean, we can presume what the end game is based on where they're at right now. But it'll change three years from now. The end game will change. Yeah. What, what a crazy thing to jump into, like be a part of. I, I just... I'm just so grateful that the what the kingdom offers, it's objective, it's real, it's right, and it's unchanging. And uh, you know, I, I just again, when you say social justice, it, what's your natural response? Yeah, I, absolutely. I think that should be right. Um, how does that I come about? Orphan and, and widows. End? I think. You know, yeah, the least of these. Marginalized. Yeah, absolutely. We, we care about that because Christ cared about them. Now, I think the other thing is, is in the middle of all these conversations and us getting involved and us trying to be the voice of of God's justice in this world, biblical justice, uh, we do believe that we're still gospel-centered. Mm-hmm. Like what's so crazy about some of these groups of maybe even Christian organizations, their whole end goal is social justice. Our end goal is the gospel being experienced in every heart and life, the transformation of heart, because the transformation of heart then provides the foundation, the groundwork for people to live with equality, to treat people justly, to look out for those who are marginalized, to fight for those who are oppressed. That comes out of a transformed heart. So our our primary message, even in the middle of this, is well, okay, I'm gonna fight for justice, but at the my 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 ultimate hope is that people would experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Are you more interested in outward justice or inward righteousness? Absolutely. Comes Jesus, down to that. And Jesus taught that's his purpose for coming and dying on the cross and raising himself. The way he did what he did was to create inward righteousness because what is the natural fruit and outflow of inward righteousness? Outward justice. justice. Yeah. Like, but, ju- but strictly outward justice doesn't transform the heart. Inward righteousness both transforms the heart and and the very nature of how you think and how you respond and react in this world. And so if you continue to try to treat the symptoms instead of the cause, our sinful nature and our broken spirit and the, the fact that we're just born sinners and need a, need a redemptive Savior, 
and then you experience the love of Christ and the righteousness that comes from that, all of those other things will follow. And so I think you and I are both seeing that these organizations that are trying to push justice, um, are they are they really fixing problems or are they just trying to even a scorecard? You're never going to even a scorecard, Ben. Mm-hmm. Like, go down through the history of mankind. Injustices, evils have always existed. Everybody has grievances against somebody else. That's the that's what's happened in a fallen world. Um, do is it necessary to try to even everything up, or is it necessary to say from this point forward, we are going to fight tooth and nail to have equal opportunities to have uh, to chase out any kind of racism that exists but i'm afraid that some of what's being said is the only way to fix this is to even the scorecard like to the, the sins of the past have to be atoned by by the people of the present and all that does is just continue to create animosity it never can fix the problem jesus Jesus exemplified this. I would say Martin Luther King Jr. was someone who exemplified this, right? He yeah. wasn't interested in like... Yeah, and there's this false premise that this is the continuation of of the civil rights movement. And it couldn't be... I mean, this is not... Well, yeah, the, I mean, you're right. A lot of them think this is. But I think it's pretty apparent that what was accomplished in the civil rights movement uh, had its, it, 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 it did, and by and large, in lots of places, uh, achieve its intended purpose. It led to fruitfulness. Absolutely. Now, I, I get that there's pockets. There's people. There's, there's people that have, have continued to persist. But my point with Luther, or King Jr., is that he never preached a message of, hey, let's fix all the past things. He was only focused on changing the present and the future. And what lies ahead. Because he knew that if there was no fixing the past, like, we, we just can't do that. And I'm afraid that some of the things that are being put out there is like, we can only fix this by, um, you know, people paying for the past or something like that. That's not the way to go forward here. Mm-hmm. You know, present uh, or uh, past discrimination is not fixed by present discrimination. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and just kind of, I guess, maybe to parse some things with, with social justice versus biblical justice and kind of what we're getting at. I mean, we believe biblical justice is rooted in the Word of God, the absolute truth an inerrant word of God, where the social justice is is rooted in a political philosophy. Actually, um, a lot of its roots are in in Marxism. Is social justice? It's um, you know, biblical justice. Also, we it seeks, like you said earlier, seeks to unite people in in love and sees sees all of us as one race, the human race. Like you mentioned, no longer slave, no free. You know, Jew, Greek, um, whatever that is. It's it's not where 
Social justice so oftenly seeks to divide people by race, by class, race meaning ethnicity, by uh, class, gender, sexual orientation. Um, it's, it's not unifying. Biblical justice is unifying. Social justice doesn't seek to unify. It seeks to further divide like you just alluded to. I, I think it does. I, I think if you look at their playbook, at the things that they're putting out there that need to happen— as a Christian, you're like, this isn't the way you fix things. This isn't the way there's reconciliation. Mm-hmm. There's always a piece of forgiveness and moving on that always exists for reconciliation. I mean, think about the Hatfields and McCoys that existed. Yeah. For I mean, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy that kind of history and stuff like that. To know the story of those two families through, I mean, they're legendary now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it was all about? It was about even in the score. It was about, you know, you did this, so I have to do this. You did this, so I have to do this. And for generations, people died over and over. Innocent people died because it was keeping an even scorebook. At some point, somebody said, you know what? We just need to stop this nonsense. We need to live right. We need to value each other. We need to become neighbors. We need to stop trying to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know people listening maybe that are uh, a minority or somebody is like, well, that's easy for you to say. You've been one of the privileged, right? That's one of the things we're called, white privileged people. And heck, I, I, don't, I, don't, um, I don't dispute that I have not been oppressed because of my race to, to near to the, to the level of maybe some people. Absolutely not. But I do know that the way you fix things is forgiveness and moving forward, making things right. And as a person who is not in the minority mm-hmm. and as a kingdom citizen, my role is to to fight for what today is. I can't fix last yesterday. And I shouldn't live with that cloud over me. Dwelling on the things of the past. Because all you're doing is you're just creating a certain level of animosity that is not going to fix, be fixed. Mm-hmm. No one's going to hear each other. Um, uh, you know, and it, it begins to, and these are things we'll talk about in later segments. I, I think talking about white privilege is important. White guilt is yeah. important. Those are major things, but that's part of the playbook of people in social justice movements that actually want to reset the whole society. They, this is the way they do that. You, they make you feel guilty. Hey, I'm all for resetting a society. I just think that it's the kingdom society that needs to be reset. Yeah. Their goal is to reset society to then now put them in a position of power. Make, make no mistake. It's a power play. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, and the kingdom's like, whoa, nobody should be in power. Yeah. Except for King Jesus. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, between that and, and some of the critical race theories and some of the things that, that, you know, that you're starting to hear about now. Uh, there's a lot to, to say about those and, you know. And, and all we're saying is, listen, is racism a problem? Should a Christian care about racism? Absolutely. Absolutely. So do then I just buy everything that critical race theory is teaching? That's what our goal is to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Their end game is not the same end game yeah. as the kingdom. Let's, let's understand this. We're involved in the same things, but do we believe it's done in the same way? 
it's not biblical some of the tenets of it and that's what I think we want to talk through because guess what it might be something that's happening in certain sectors of our culture now five years from now I promise you critical race theory will be something that will be very prevalent even in Northwest if we don't speak the teachings seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness that's it and I think that's our our hope through all these conversations is to call you as a Christian to think kingdom.